Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello. Welcome to the first 2021 episode of Telling Everybody Everything. This promises to be a much better year than the last, though I'm not sure why we would trust that prediction. Do you remember 2016, when Donald Trump was elected and all the celebrities started to die? And people were like, whoa, 2016, glad that's behind us. Things have not necessarily improved. One of my girlfriends from home posted an Anne Frank quote about hope. And I know the Anne Frank story is a beautiful one, and it is about hope in dire situations. And she was an innocent teenager who wrote in her diary, it's a lovely thing to think that the happiest days are ahead of us. That's a wonderful quote. That's a wonderful quote. If you don't know how it ended, like, what? do do you not hear about what happened after she wrote? No, you're just going to leave that up. Okay. Yes, let's all be hopeful. Hi, hi, hi. Bean Dad has broken the internet. Have you heard about Bean Dad? Do you know what the story is? It was on the BBC News site today. I mean, one day you're living your life, you got a hungry nine year old, you decide to do a series of tweets, and the next day you are the main character on Twitter. Twitter is a cesspool of political arguments. I feel like it's just gone quite a toxic way. You don't know, half the people on there are real, and everyone wants to argue. And people are angry now about a man called John Frederick. I don't know him, but we have mutual friends, I understand, because they texted me early yesterday, and they said, have you seen what's happening with John? Oh, John is such a great guy. John is such a great dad. And before I tell you the bean dad tale, what bothers me about this is that... I find men, especially famous men, are super, super quick to defend their friends. When there's any allegation of wrongdoing or assault or disrespect or racism or mistreatment of women or women, anytime there's something like that, men will go, no, 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 no. Oh, no. Harvey Weinstein is my nearest and dearest, greatest friend, and that never could have happened because he's always really sound with me. Yeah, he's not showing you his full personality. It's very difficult to accept that you only ever know part of someone. Maybe Bean Dad is a great guy. Again, I don't know him from what I can ascertain. He's a podcaster. He's a comedian. He's a single dad by the looks of things. Good for him. But yesterday he made the decision after his daughter asked for food to tweet all about it. And uh, this is where he rubs me the wrong way. It's not even in the style of parenting that I'm about to describe. 
but it is the smug and expositional, relentless nature that he decided to tweet and tweet and tweet and tweet the events, boasting about his parenting at length. I mean, Twitter is 140 characters. Maybe it's more now. It's gone up. But you don't need to do a 30-tweet thread being like, I am such a clever man, such a great dad, and such a powerful human being. It doesn't matter what you're talking about. That personally irks me. And it says something about your personality. But anyway, okay, so here's what happened. According to him, he's at home doing a jigsaw. What? Already I'm out. He's doing a jigsaw and his daughter approaches him, nine-year-old girl, and says, I'm hungry. And he says, why don't you make beans? She replies, how? He says, well, by opening the can. And she says, how? And he says, with the can opener. So she brings him the tin. She brings him the can opener. And again, she says, how? And he tweets, oh, I realized I had never shown her how to open a can opener. He still doesn't show her how to open a can opener. He just says, study it. Study its parts. Study its mechanics. And you will figure it out. And until you do, we're not eating anything in this house. You have to figure out how to open these beans because that's what we're eating. And he refused to offer guidance or assistance. According to Bean Dad, this was his parenting strategy because he says, well, I get really frustrated with tasks too. I wanted her to know what it was like to be frustrated and then to overcome that and to work something out on her own. And she does become frustrated, more and more hungry, more and more frustrated. Six hours go by. She's crying. And finally, with no help from him, by the way, just pure, relentless discipline, he's like, you will open it. And she does. And then she's elated. And the look on her face when it clicks, you know, she's like, wow, I did it. And he loves this as a parenting moment. And this is why he's boasting about it in like 100 tweets. Genuinely, it was probably 20 or 30 tweets. And he posts all of these. And right away, people love to weigh in on anything to do with parenting, breastfeeding, animals. You know, there are areas of life that people get really touchy about. So there are parents, there are people who are not parents, there are educators, there are child psychologists, everybody's like, what the fuck are you doing? This is abuse. You can't leave a child hungry for six hours and make her cry and lord this over her. And loads of people are dissecting it and saying it's quite toxic. What she has learned is not how to work through frustration, but that men in her life will lord power over her instead of helping her and that she needs to do everything herself and she's going to be traumatized. You know, people had some very visceral reactions about being dad. And I don't know if I think it's that deep. And I certainly feel sad for the man now because whatever his parenting style is, whoever he is, he's been fully canceled on the internet. He's had to delete not only all the tweets, but he's deleted his account. People started going back. You know how they do. They go back and back to 2005, 2010, and they're pulling out tweets and taking them maybe in context, maybe out of context. I haven't seen all the tweets, but they do that. You become the main character on Twitter and people dissect your life and try to cancel you, which you know how I feel about that. Anyone who tweets that much and in that tone I think is a guy that I don't want anything to do with. I don't think he's necessarily the worst father in the world. I don't think he should be canceled. But holy shit, what a prick. Like, here I go, tweeting about my parenting, patting myself on the back for all these tweets. I mean, anytime I tweet about my parenting is when it's been awful. And I keep it fucking brief. This guy's like, and then, yes, she cried and I stood firm because I'm such a strong male. 
if there's a positive to be gained from being dad, is that he provides an excellent litmus for meeting a new person, dating. If you've got to find out a lot about someone's personality in a short amount of time, it's the new first date question. You know, what music do you listen to? Being dad, what are your thoughts? That provides so much insight because everyone's got an opinion when they know about the story. And if they don't know about the story, you can briefly explain it to them and see if they're on the same page as you. You know how everything's right wing or left wing now? There's no middle ground, which is ridiculous, by the way, because we can be non-binary about so many things, but not politics. It'll be like, why are there so many left wing comedians on the BBC? Well, how do you know that just because I'm left wing about certain things like education and healthcare, that I'm not actually right wing about some other thing? Like, we don't have to be massively on one side or the other. Wonder what Bean Dad would be. Because masks are left wing now, and being anti lockdown is apparently right wing now, even though, you know, there are like no mask people who are like, fuck the elderly and their lives, but then they're also pro life. They'll be down at the abortion clinics too. So, like, which one are you? It's very interesting. I wonder if there's any info online about being dad's politics. Oh, poor thing. I'm looking, and these are the top two headlines The Independent, who is being dad, and why does the internet hate him? Who is Bean Dad and how did he become Twitter's number one villain? Oh, his name's not John Frederick at all. My bad. His name's John Roderick. And he's a musician as well. He's a singer. Whatever. Just don't be so hard on people, okay? Maybe you agree with him. Maybe he made a mistake. Oh my gosh, someone has already written about it. TheMarySue.com Twitter's Bean Dad is a metaphor for our broken country. What? It's a popular Republican talking point, this harping on about personal responsibility, born of America's mindless devotion to the concept of rugged individualism. But when you put the needs of the individual over the needs of the community at large, the results are tragic. You only need to look at America's selfish behavior throughout the pandemic to see that we are dying by the thousands while clinging to our freedoms. Oh, God. Oh, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, she has tweeted, What a way to start 2021. She's nine, buddy. So I suppose this interaction, if we are putting it into a category, is right wing. Oh, he is a liberal because he ran for some type of Senate in Seattle in the mid-2000s. But then also he wrote this song called Make America Great Again. And it was supposed to be satirical, like it was part of an anti-Trump album. But it was empathic and the pro-Trump people picked it up and added it to their playlist because it says a lot of things that they believe. I don't know. I I feel like John Roderick might be the missing link. He could be the great uniting figure between right and left. Because in this selfish display of individualism, he's acting right wing. But he's got a beard and glasses and he's in an indie rock band. So you see... Not everything is one or the other. As long as we're exploiting our children, why don't I get Violet up here to get her take on being dad? As always, Violet, a very warm welcome to Telling Everybody Everything. By the way, if you ever want to email us, the address is tellingeverybodyeverything at gmail.com. Violet is better than I am at answering your queries, but I've got a query for you now, Violet. What do you know about being dad? How can you explain that to listeners who might not be au fait with the recent goings on? And what do you think? So it was this man with a child and the child, the poor child was hungry 
and wanted some beans innocently and then he... you're being pretty biased off the hop sorry and then he gives her this can of beans tells her to find a way to open it and then she can't find a way she's crying for hours as he explained and each time he's posting these long paragraphs about hopefully after she opens this can of beans by herself she'll be able to go to the wall you know this will set her up for life this one can of beans so he gave it to her and he was like yes i'm a top dad for doing this he basically traumatized her child for a few hours it's just hard to explain like when a child's crying i think the joke or whatever thing that he was trying to pull if he was trying to deliver an important life lesson through a can of beans i think that's a bit ridiculous but you know what would be a good life lesson showing her how to do it and actually helping people instead of being like nope I know this piece of information, you need to figure it out yourself. Like, that's a bit selfish, and it's just a bit like, I get you're just trying to teach her a lesson. I just wouldn't want to be around him, and I think he's a bit of a loser. And Yep, I've dated a few bean dads in my life, and these men love to think they're smarter than you. The fact that he wants to just lord over a nine-year-old how much smarter he is and be like, she'll figure it out. The fact that he's proud of it. I mean, if this went on in his own house, he probably thought it was a cute story. Fine. But the way he doubled down after people started criticizing, the way he tweeted and tweeted and tweeted this long, long thread without any self-awareness of maybe I'm an asshole. You know what I also don't like? When people film their child cry. Mm. Like, it's even upsetting for me to watch that. I'm like, I don't want to watch, like, YouTube families, no shade to them. But, like, sometimes they just film their child cry. And it's honestly, like, it really hurts my feelings. Because I'm just like, why? That child is obviously, like, in distress. And you're just like, oh, say hi to the camera, honey. I'm just like, oh, my God. What is going on in these people's head? Why? I feel the same way. I think exposing and profiting even in like likes or attention or whatever from a child's distress is really creepy. And it's a trend to be like, why my toddler cried today? Oh, we wouldn't let him jump in the bin. You know, it could be a silly reason your toddler's crying. It's not silly to the toddler. They're clearly upset. How would you have dealt with it if you had a hungry nine-year-old? What about if you did everything for them and they never learned how to be frustrated and they never learned how to use tools? Well, I would kind of like you know just like make them give it a go but when they start crying and they're actually like in distress because they're so hungry i'd just be like okay here's how you do it okay you need to try to do it next time because next time i'm going to i'm going to give you a little less help because i've already taught you how to do this well thank you for your time on the podcast violet you're a telling everybody everything fan favorite no problem love my fans Adios. Love my fans. I will be back to read your emails after these sensual messages. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Here's an email from someone who has obviously watched The Duchess on Netflix. And yes, I still receive so many messages from people who can't spell the fucking Duchess. And I can't hold your hand and like log into your Netflix for you each and every time. And it also is kind of annoying when people are like just sitting down now to watch The Duchess. It's been out for three months. Do you understand how ratings work? But I mean, I don't care that much anymore. This person watched it and she obviously knew how to spell it. So I do appreciate that. Catherine, I'm a 36 year old mom. I have a good job. And I've always wanted another child. I'm trying to change details as I go along. Um, I feel that this is the right time to start trying. My husband and I are financially in a good place. He's very excited about the prospect of a new baby. And he's also eager to start trying. So what's the problem? I'm also starting to feel the pressure of my biological clock ticking. And I worry that if I wait too long, we will struggle to conceive. And then I'll blame myself. You are right about that. And I hate to sound like a grandma being like, what are you doing? TikTok. But now I know where that comes from. And we don't talk about it enough. But loads of women over 35 have miscarriages. It's not just that you won't conceive. It's that you're more likely to suffer from pregnancy loss, which is no picnic, especially not in a pandemic when you will be told that news in many trusts alone, even though hospitals have been like, you can bring a partner. That's not every hospital. And even if the partner was there, it's terrible, terrible, terrible. So do everything that you can to have your family if that's what you want. If that's not what you want, fine. But if it's maybe what you want, that maybe is going to be taken away from you. I do know 45-year-old women who are having babies naturally easily fine, but the numbers start to go against you. I just will say that. She goes on to say, I'm fortunate enough to work alongside someone that I've been friends with for years. She has been going through IVF for several years without success, and each time she's heartbroken when it doesn't work or the pregnancy miscarries. Yeah. I feel terrible for her, so do I. And I can't help but feeling like my, announcing my own pregnancy would be terribly insensitive. I'm not sure what to do. My husband and I desperately want another baby, but I don't want to hurt a very good friend. I'm also worried about the additional stress that my leave would place on her at work. Uh, okay. Well, don't do anything in your life if you're worried about upsetting other people. Don't pick an outfit. Don't have a job at all. Don't go to work. Don't say anything. Don't do the school run. Like, don't watch TV. Definitely, definitely don't tweet. Everything that you do has the potential to upset someone else. I think you have to look at your situation. You're not trying to upset anyone by having another baby. Ugh, I hate the idea. Like, when I had a miscarriage, there were girls in my life who, women, who were expecting children and they distanced themselves a little bit from me and I hated the idea that they felt like I might harbor some jealousy or ill will towards them. The last thing I want in my life, the very last thing is for my friends to be robbed of joy or to not get what they want in life. And I know that I think a lot of people have reached out to me about miscarriage lately and infertility and all types of things after I spoke about it on the podcast. And now I think I, too, would have a really hard time uh, being pregnant or announcing any pregnancy because I understand now how viscerally hurtful it can be for people. But at the end of the day, you have to be as sensitive as you can be and just do what you 
want to do? Because is it worth jeopardizing the family and legacy that you and your husband have set out for yourself because you might offend someone? She doesn't want that for you. I think she would be a lot more hurt to think that you didn't have a baby because of her or you're withholding information because you didn't want to hurt her. I think you could just have a chat with her and be like face to face. You can do it sensitively and I'm sure she won't even be upset. And who knows? She might have conceived in that time too. You can't live your life for other people. This next email is from an 11-year-old. Hello, I'm 11 years old. I love listening to the podcast. I've watched you on The Duchess. I think these are two things that maybe you shouldn't be doing quite yet because I use a lot of terrible language in both of those projects. But I mean, hey, maybe you're a really grown-up 11-year-old like Violet is. So if your parents are cool, I'm cool. All right. You have been badly bullied. Oh, no. Okay. I've been badly bullied for about two years, and it's made me really self-conscious and upset. People have bullied me physically and verbally for ages, but I didn't tell anyone until this year because it was really bothering me. My mom told the school they did nothing about it, meaning that it still didn't stop, and actually, it got much worse. After a while, I was getting very upset, and I wasn't talking to many people. I didn't trust them not to leave me or make me feel bad about myself. In the end, I moved schools and I'd been so much happier until I bumped into the main group of people who bullied me at a party. 11-year-olds go to parties? Wait, this wasn't in the lockdown, was it? They were horrible to me and beat me up, but still no teachers did anything? I also see them when I walk home from school and I feel unsafe walking home without my friends as I'm scared that they'll say something to me. I was never really bothered by the main group of girls that were being mean to me until the past year as they started making comments about my appearance or saying rude things about who my parents were dating because they've been divorced for two years. I know that you'll probably know how to help as I'm not sure how to make them stop. Should I say something to them in person or maybe retaliate? It's really annoying that you can't make people behave. And as much as you want them to in your life, you will find that you cannot really make people do the right thing. And I changed schools too. Not when I was 11, but I went to a school where uh, I just didn't have any friends and everybody bullied me when I was 14. And I moved schools and I remember the headmaster said to me, you know, Catherine, that moving schools doesn't get rid of the bullies. There will just be new bullies at the new school. And there were. Um, It was better, though. It was better at the new school. And I'm glad I moved and I had a support system there. So I wonder about your support system. You have friends, but they don't always walk home with you. And that can feel like a really vulnerable place, especially if they're physically hurting you. I know that teachers are overworked and they don't really know how to keep up with all the words and lies and horrible things that people your age say to each other. It's very difficult to patrol and it's difficult to even get a sense of what the truth is unless there are texts and things that you're screen grabbing. But physical assault, I mean... I think I would go straight to the headmaster and be like, I'm being physically assaulted in your care. What are you going to do about that? Because that's one responsibility that your teachers definitely have. They have to, first and foremost, keep you physically safe at school. If you are being assaulted, and I would use words like that, like legal words, I'm being assaulted in your care. That's completely unacceptable. And I know the bullying words hurt just as much, but the physical stuff is sometimes easier to get the teacher's attention. Definitely don't retaliate because you don't want to be the one who gets caught. And you better believe that even in their friendship circle, they're bullying each other. Sometimes you come to school one day and everyone's mad at you and you don't even know why. 
And I think one thing I see with my daughter's circle is some of them are really good at communicating and others are terrible at communicating. And sometimes when people act angry, they're really afraid. And if you don't say how you feel, people can't guess. So sometimes it's a good idea just to confront the bullies and say, you know, when you say that to me, really hurts my feelings and it makes me feel afraid to walk home and afraid to walk to school. Sometimes just articulating yourself like that makes them take a step back, maybe not right away because they feel embarrassed, but they'll think about it and they'll go, oh shit. Oh, now I've sworn again to an 11 year old. You know what I mean? I think don't be afraid to express yourself and they will get bored, I promise. Oh my gosh, this one is called My Cheating Ex Gave My Mom Access to a Live Stream of My Phone Photos. And this is why I'll ask all 11-year-olds listening to please turn off the podcast now. It is explicit. Catherine, last year I found out via an Instagram DM that my husband was regularly cheating on me. In truth, the text was my ticket out of a marriage that saw me working full-time whilst shouldering all domestic labor and assuming the role of mother, bankroller, and advocate for my sociopathic and diagnosed sex addict of an ex. Do we share the same ex? A month into the separation, my mom colluded with my ex to write an email assassinating my character. It misrepresented my mental health, implied I was a lesbian, and stated that my loss of libido was punishable by infidelity. She sent this to my best friend, not to me. At my daughter's third birthday, my mom was overheard saying to my ex, I'm not allowed to contact you, but ring me anytime. Your mom is El Diablo. I decided not to tell my mom I'd read the email, but I knew she couldn't be trusted, which was devastating. I had always thought we were close. I knew that cutting her out would be draining and difficult. So instead, I set boundaries to engage with her on terms that felt safe to me. It's true that the people most upset by your boundaries are the ones that benefited from you having none. Both my ex and my mom would use their combined seven Instagram accounts to try and gather intelligence on my life. Neither can understand how I support myself financially with my well-paid full-time job and successful side business or be happy being single. As an aside, my mom has asked me more times, how much do you weigh than are you okay this last year? I've had a few email exchanges instigated by my mom, her preferred modus operandi, and she now knows how I feel horrifically betrayed. I've been specific about how she's compromised my safety and asked again and again that she stops contacting my ex. Her emails are full of contradictions and inconsistencies and flagrant attempts to gaslight me. About six months ago, she announced she had blocked me on Instagram because it made her too sad looking at my photos. I cannot stand people who announce either a departure from social media or that they've blocked you, or even people who get blocked and then they tweet it. They're like, I have been blocked by Pierce Morgan. However, I recently discovered that my ex had granted her access to a stream of all the photos I take on my phone. This includes screenshots of my messages and emails, and by virtue of it being a live update, the pair of them would have been able to relentlessly surveil me. This Christmas when confronted, my mom confessed to sending my ex 50 pounds in order that he might buy my daughter a present from her to open at his house, but it had to be a secret from me. She had separately sent me 50 pounds to do the same, very confusing for my daughter who's now four and naturally shit at keeping secrets. This year, I've worked hard to shield my daughter, but my mom is working harder to manipulate and control me. 
Meanwhile, Max has worked hard to meet new victims online, all of whom he introduces to my daughter. On the one afternoon a week, he has parental responsibility. I have never and still won't deny my parents access to my daughter, but I want to prevent my ex from taking her to visit them without me present. My daughter's very intelligent and intuitive, and I need to protect her from their influence. Do you have any advice? I am amazed that you're able to even see that your ex is crazy and that your mom is crazy because when you are raised by a crazy person, then that is going to hugely affect who you are. They've even done studies when it's your mother for some reason, just because of the gender roles that existed when we were growing up, it's a lot more harmful than if your father was a psychopath. And again, I can't diagnose people with anything, but your mama is up the wall. And I would have less contact with her than you even have now. I totally understand that these people are your daughter's family, but you need to get your shit together admin-wise. You need to get new bank accounts, new email accounts, new social media, whatever you need to do to lock these people out of your personal life. And I wouldn't go into big explanations with your mother about it. I certainly would not indulge her in any email exchange. I would just be like, You know that you have betrayed me and you share information with the person I don't want you sharing information with. Therefore, you get no information. You have to cut this off at the fucking source. Starve these people of the surveillance that is so wacky. And the fact that there are two people who are toxic and manipulating you is really, really dangerous because it's hard to see what's real when it's coming at you from two you know, very close or war close people in your life. You can't talk to these people. Access is a privilege. I don't know why your husband even had access to this live stream photo thing of you. Was that intentional so that you could share photos of your daughter? No. I'd be like, no more photos. You take the photos that you want of our daughter when you see her once a week, even though that is also when you schedule your dates because you're a narcissist and you want to show off like what a good bean dad you are. You need a full therapist if you don't have one already. And I really like the organization beleaf.com, like a buzzing bee and then a leaf on a tree.com. Might be .co.uk. Don't know, but you'll figure it out. Um, because this is going to be an ongoing trauma. Because if you follow my advice, you are basically not going to talk to your mom almost at all anymore. And that will pull at parts of you that are like young and it's just messed up. And you need to also make sure that you are healed enough that you don't go out and find another manipulative sex addict next. I'm so happy that your business is going well and your daughter's fine and you like being single, but you're in a vulnerable danger zone, even though you don't know it. Lastly, after you've burned everything down and you have no means of communication with either of these people, I'm talking phones, nothing, email, no, it's all different. It's all blocked. You need to get a family child custody app. They have ones like ourfamilywizard.co.uk and it's for clear co-parenting communication. This is not an ad. Some of my people that I know in America use an American version. They have um, loads of co-parenting apps. If you look on parents.com and then everyone's accountable for what they write on there and that's the only place you communicate and you just talk about days that you're going to see so-and-so or whatever and there are no other conversations happening on those apps and then you really limit the access to yourself that is a precious thing and i hope you hold it in high esteem from now on 
I'll try to be more succinct with the next ones. Catherine, I found out I'm pregnant a couple weeks ago. I still have to wait for my first scan. I'm so scared that something will go wrong and I've had to tell people in work due to the type of job I have. I just need some advice on how to stop worrying about something that hasn't even happened yet. Good news. There's no advice for that. I suppose you can meditate or just look at the statistics and know that it's unlikely, but the truth is something bad could happen. Um, A lot of people find that comforting. It's just, you know, you have no control over this, so you might as well sit back and enjoy the ride. Hope for the best, and that's all. Here's another. Catherine. Do I love him or have I just gotten too comfortable? I'm a 21-year-old living in Australia and I met this guy two years back. Blah, blah, blah. You do not love him. You are just comfortable. Next. Another dating one from a young person. Catherine, I'm 17. A week before Christmas, I started talking to a boy. He was funny and we hit it off. I went on a date with him, drive through at Starbucks. Three days later and we hit it off. When we saw each other every day for nine days straight after that, including Christmas Day. He's 19 and in uni and I'm in my last year of college. Two days ago, he moved back to uni. I thought we'd be done and just write it off as a whirlwind Christmas romance. But he's been FaceTiming me and messaging me and even put the card I made for him for Christmas next to his bed. Should I try and make long distance work? I'm confused. Yeah, try to make it work because I think a lot of us are in a long distance relationship right now unless you're married. So yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? Date someone who lives on your road? You can't see them. We're in tier fucking six, I think. Oh my gosh, everyone's having babies. Catherine, I married my husband five years ago and I'm 12 weeks pregnant with our first child. When we got married, we talked about merging our surname. At this time, his family sat him down and told him they were not happy with him changing his name. So we decided to shelve the subject. Unsurprisingly, it went untalked about for five years and now we have to decide which surname to give our baby. We're torn between the merging of names, lots of hassle, changing both our names on bank details, passports, etc. Or letting chance decide. For us, we are thinking about giving a girl my surname, or if the baby's a boy, he'll have my husband's surname. Of course, our child is free to choose their gender, name, and anything else that they feel later on. I'd love to get your insight. I mean, I love here that you've pointed out, well, we've thought about merging our names, although, you know, that is a lot of admin. You have to change passports and bank details. That's what women have to do every time they change their name. And every time they get divorced, it is an even bigger hassle to take your married name and change it back to your maiden name. It's fucking bullshit. And we have to do it all the time. I love that his family got involved. They were like, we don't want you to change your name. Does he have sisters? Did they change their surnames? Here's the thing. I personally, and this is just my personal choice, I take issue with anybody doing something just because. I think it is very weird that we wouldn't look at our culture or look at our actions still happening today and go, hang on a second, why do I do that? Is it relevant now? Do I need to do that? Things like circumcision. Bobby is Canadian. Every man, not just Jewish, in America and Canada is routinely circumcised. That is culturally normal. And that is because When the Puritans went over there, there was all this propaganda where they were like, oh, it'll make your kids masturbate less if you cut some of their baby's penis off. You know, I I don't see the point of it. I have a huge problem with it, actually. Um, Middle names. Why do we even have middle names? It used to be because people wanted to give family names and they couldn't choose and they wanted to give, you know, a more interesting name or some lineage. But I mean, if you're double barreling your surname. Do you even need a middle name? Why do we wear white dresses when we get married? There's so many things that we do just because we do them. And taking your husband's surname is a big one. And it truly fucks me off. 
Um, my insight, I guess, is do whatever you want and just be prepared for his family to be annoyed about it. Be prepared for him to pull out at the last minute too. I mean, I know he's not great at that. You're 12 weeks pregnant, but I think he will have a problem if that's the family he comes from and you have a daughter and she gets your surname. I think there's going to be a big to do about that. Uh, I would double barrel them for just the kids, you know, that's personally what I would do. It doesn't mean you have to change your name or your husband has to change his, but you do you, boo. Thank you so much for listening to Telling Everybody Everything. If you'd like to email me, it is tellingeverybodyeverything at gmail.com. If you want to know how to spell Duchess, there's no T in it. And I, I don't think we go to libraries anymore because if you can't find a title by the title and you look at the author's name, duh, my gosh, just the bane of my life. People asking me how to spell Duchess all day. Um... I really hope that your 2021 is looking up. Let's be positive. Let's go into this year with good vibes. And I'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.